Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Stacy. Hey, friends, I'm Alicia. Thank you for joining us today for today's tale of marital misadventure. Who do you have for us today, Alicia? Well, in a little bit of an antidote mm. from the perhaps abject hypocrisy of Eddie Long when it came to matters of faith and God mm-hmm. in our last episode. Today, I am bringing you the trashy divorce of Lisa Welchel. Hmm. Tell me who that is. She is Blair. From Facts of Life. Okay, I knew the name, but I could not place it. Okay, awesome. Blair Warner from Facts of Life, Lisa Welchel, a whole generation of young girls tuned in every week to see the antics and life lessons that happened at the Eastland Academy for Girls. There was Blair and Joe and Natalie and Tootie, all under the loving and watchful eye of Mrs. Garrett. Yup. Fans of the show couldn't get enough. But while Lisa Welchel is synonymous with Blair Warner. The two are also very, very different. Lisa went on to do many things in her life after the facts of life and is now even a proud grandmother. That's my favorite part of the story, actually. Okay. Lisa is a very vocal Christian who spoke and wrote about family values for a number of years. Many folks were surprised when her marriage of nearly 25 years ended in divorce. But as always, like we see around trashy divorces, there's always more to the story Mm -hmm. of someone's life than how it sometimes appears. Let's talk about the facts of Lisa Welchel's life. Oh, I love it. Let's go, go, go. Lisa was born in Littlefield, Texas on May 29th, 1963. Her mother, Jenny, was a real estate agent. Her dad, Jimmy, he was an electrician. Her parents divorced in 1981. So Lisa was about 18. Just remember that. It'll come back into play in the story. Lisa's mom does remarry, and Lisa was raised with younger brothers out in Fort Worth, Texas. But Lisa's kind of a shy kid. So when she's eight, her mom has a great idea to overcome her daughter's shyness. She enrolls her in an acting class. Acting class. Not an uncommon option for a parent with a shy kid. Lisa says now that her shyness never really went away, but whoa, what happens? Lisa's first television appearance was on a Dairy Queen commercial. When she was 12, she auditioned for the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. When Disney was doing a nationwide talent search for the show, Lisa was one of those lucky and talented kids chosen for the show and moved to California. And the show did end in 1978, but it wouldn't take long before Lisa finds her next job. 
Oh, friends, for any fans of the facts of life, you're really going to enjoy this section. It me, it me. It's me too. It changed my life at a very young age. Okay, it's one of my favorite sections. There's so much to like about this story. The Facts of Life was created and written by Norman Lear. Oh, yeah. I did not realize mm-hmm. that. Okay. Norman Lear writes it for his own daughters. Norman sees there aren't enough television shows that are female-centered, and he wanted to feature young women being the focus. Mm-hmm. Norman Lear thinks it's important to show female friendships and how to navigate the issues they were dealing with. So I don't know if you remember this. You're a little younger than I am. I am, yeah. The Facts of Life was introduced in 1979 as a spinoff of Different Strokes. And Kimberly Drummond, the daughter on Different Strokes, was a student at the boarding school in Peekskill, New York. And when the house mother quits, Mrs. Garrett, who was the Drummond's live-in housekeeper on Different Strokes, you know, like Mrs. Garrett does, offers to help out at the school and eventually becomes the new house mother. The first season of Facts of Life looked very different from subsequent seasons and featured a lot more characters than it would in remaining seasons. We have Blair and Tootie and Natalie, but there's also Nancy, Sue Ann, Cindy, and Molly, who was played by Molly Ringwald. Oh, really? FYI, yep. And Headmaster Bradley. Season one was completely different than what happens. Because in the second season, Mrs. Garrett and Blair and Tootie and Natalie remain. The showrunners kind of thought there were too many characters in that first season mix. And you couldn't really focus in on the things. That does sound like a lot. So second season, Mrs. Garrett, Blair, Tootie, Natalie remained from that original larger cast accompanied by a new character in a motorcycle jacket. Joe Polnicek, sure. a scholarship student from the Bronx, mm-hmm. played by Nancy McKeon, who affected many, many lives oh, yes. in the world, if I am to understand how that went correctly. Mm-hmm. So now we got Joe, Blair, Tootie, Natalie, Mrs. Garrett. Yep. And Joe, when she comes in, is the complete and total opposite of Blair Warner. Mm-hmm. And now the four girls are forced to live together while working in the school's cafeteria. By the third season, The Facts of Life was NBC's number one comedy and number two overall show. I had no idea. I think by the time I was watching it, it was probably syndicated. Oh, yeah. So I had no idea it was like a smash hit show. I just thought it was like a, I thought it was for me. I remember seeing the very first episode. I can tell you what friend I was spending the night at's house because we didn't want to miss it. And we, I don't even think we at our tender age knew what a thing it was going to be. But my friend had an older sister and was like, oh, we have to watch this. It's life changing. Okay. So Lisa, Mm -hmm. who we're here to talk about, portrays Blair Warner to perfection. Chef's kiss. Blair is the snooty rich girl from Manhattan who's completely into her looks and loves to shop, and she's unashamedly spoiled, especially in the early seasons of the show. She's pretty arrogant. One of Blair's most popular catchphrases was, I just had another one of my brilliant ideas that (laughs) normally is accompanied by like a hair toss. Sure. And while Blair had many unlikable qualities, she was also funny and kind-hearted, And as the seasons went on, Blair becomes 
ever more increasingly down to earth. Her friendship, I'm sorry, her character's friendship with Joe blossomed and the two eventually become best friends. Another fun little spiderweb factoid for you here. I love this story. One of the more memorable parts of the Facts of Life was its catchy, catchy theme song. Facts of Life are all about you. You take the good, you take the bad. Mm -hmm. You take them both and there you have. The Facts of Life. The Facts of Life. Anyone who watched the show can sing the lyrics still today. And the song did change slightly after the first season. But the theme song we all know and love was written, penned, by Growing Pain's dad, Alan Thicke. Oh, really? And his wife at the time, Gloria Loring. Hmm. Interesting. Alan Thicke had also written the lyrics for the Different Strokes theme song, as well as several game show songs. I did not know about the side project of Alan Thicke. We covered Robin Thicke at some point, his son. Pretty sure we covered Alan Thicke, too. Both previous Trashy Divorces alums. You just never know where it's all going to connect in this trashy divorces journey of ours. Nope. So during a break between seasons, I want you to remember the fact what I told you to hold on to here. During a break between seasons, Lisa was under a lot of personal stress when her real life parents were going through a divorce in the early 80s mm-hmm. when she's appearing on the show. Sure. The stress... And just being a teenage girl developing, Lisa ended up gaining about 20 pounds. So when she returns to shooting after summer hiatus, Lisa had outgrown her school uniform. The show producers were less than pleased about the situation and sent Lisa to what she refers to as a quote-unquote fat farm. That was a term that was used. I don't know if it still is, but yeah, that was a term that was used back in the day. It gets worse. So Lisa would end up being sent to a weight loss camp. I mean, it all just sounds terrible three different times. And also had to endure weekly weigh-ins on the set. That's definitely good for an 18-year-old's self-esteem. In May of 2023, Lisa Welchel told People, Obviously, we're in a different time. We've learned a lot. We're a lot more body positive right now, which I'm grateful for. I mean, it's still an issue, but certainly as a teenager, that was a lot. Though even back then, I understood it's a business. They hired me to play a certain character that looked a certain way. And it was also really, really hard because I was going through puberty and my parents were going through a divorce and I was living in California and they were in Texas. So there was emotional eating involved. All the things that are not atypical of teenage girls. Of course, yeah. But I think everybody was doing the best they could back then. As Maya Angelou said, when you know better, you do better. Isn't that a life lesson? Mm -hmm. So over the years, the Facts of Life saw many guest appearances and recurring roles from people who went on to be famous actors. Molly Ringwald, again, was in that first season. She played a budding feminist. Her name was Molly Parker. Oh, good. Mm Mm-hmm. Who else? David Spade, Helen Hunt, Juliette Lewis, (laughs) Richard Greco, Mayim Bialik all appeared on the show. She would go on to be Blossom, or maybe she was already Blossom at that point. She'd go on to be Blossom. And of course, don't forget about George Clooney, who played the handyman named George Bennett. Okay, had spaced that entirely. uh Wow. George Clooney was on for 17 episodes from 1985 to 1987. Wow. 
feel like audiences were probably pretty open to the idea that George Clooney would come to fix the sink. <laughs> oh, he livened things up on the facts <laughs> of life for sure. Mm-hmm. So some of us who were loyal watchers of the show remember an episode where Natalie loses her virginity. This was a really risque storyline for the time. However, it was originally Blair's character that was meant to be the focus of that plotline. But Lisa Welchel, a born-again Christian, refused to have Blair lose her virginity on the show. Mindy Cohn, who played Natalie, volunteered instead for the storyline. What does Lisa say about it? She has since said that it wasn't just the morality of the issue that bothered her, but that she knew many young girls watched the show and she felt it was too big of a topic to be dealt with responsibly in less than half an hour. She'll go on to say, quote, When I heard there was going to be one of the storylines for that year, I did come to the producers and say, I don't think I can be a part of that. Because, for one thing, I felt a really big responsibility of knowing that there were young girls watching this show and and you can't deal with that topic in 20 minutes with a couple of commercials. So not wanting to be associated with the topic at all. Lisa asked writers not to include her in the entire episode. It is the only episode of The Facts of Life and it's nine-year run that she does not appear in at all. Wow. Well, I'm glad that the uh, writers and, and crew were willing to be flexible. Well, it was so important to her that Lisa didn't mind the decision that cost her over $50,000 in pay. It's like, well, I'll just sit this one out. I'm okay with that. The Facts of Life <sighs> did end in 1988. And Lisa was actually set to star in a spinoff with the storyline of her buying the Eastland Boarding School for Girls <laughs> and being the headmistress. It didn't make it past the pilot. But the same idea happened in a made-for-TV movie in 2001. The Facts of Life was one of the longest-running sitcoms of the 1980s, running from August 24th, 1979 to May the 7th, 1988. Thank you, Mrs. Garrett, Oh yeah, Blair, and Joe, and Natalie, and Tootie for being such an integral part of so many of our childhoods. Mm-hmm. Now's a great time. To take a quick break, hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to refocus on Lisa and her accidental engagement. Oh, I can't wait. We'll see you on the flip. Hey, Trash Pandas. When you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia, It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. 
The Facts of Life does end in May of 1988. It is on July 9th, 1988, just two months after The Facts of Life airs its final episode that Lisa Welchel got married to Stephen Cobble. Who's Stephen? An associate pastor at a church in Van Nuys, California. Okay. I almost just said Blair would later reveal. No, Lisa, I know. She's so tied to her character. Mm -hmm. Lisa would later reveal that she had actually only thought of Stephen as a friend at the time that they got engaged. However, Stephen had stronger feelings for her and wanted more out of that relationship. So here's where it gets a little shady, a little tricky. Sounds a little not great foundation. So Lisa and Stephen go to their pastor for advice and counsel about whether or not they should pursue the relationship. Since, you know, red flag, Lisa didn't really have any romantic feelings towards Stephen. Yikes, how did that go? Well, Lisa left the meeting with the pastor essentially engaged to a man that she didn't romantically love. Wow. So what happens? Apparently, the pastor had misunderstood the intentions of the meeting and thought Lisa and Stephen were asking for his blessing sure. for them to get married. Maybe a little premarital counseling. Right. So he had it booked under a different theme than what the couple was actually coming in for. But hey, we're accidentally engaged. Mazel. So Stephen calls Lisa to let her know about the announcement because their engagement had been publicly announced. And Lisa describes her reaction this way. Come again, I said. Yeah. Hoping we just had a really bad connection. And I hadn't actually heard him say that we were engaged and I didn't even know about it. He tried to explain that there apparently had been a little miscommunication. Yikes. So let's get Lisa married. And Oh, sure. She will say that she does eventually fall in love with Stephen in a romantic way. The couple had three children together, and Lisa, through this time, becomes a prominent advocate of Christian values, raising children with a strong faith, really big on homeschooling. Lisa was a regular inspirational speaker at Christian conferences and founded the Mom Time Ministries in 2000. Okay. Lisa also authored over 10 books, including... Creative Correction in Mm. 2000. I don't think I love the sound of that, but... So you're thinking about homeschooling Mm. in 2005. The Adventure of Christmas. Okay. Helping children find Jesus in our holiday traditions. You can get one of those calendars and... (laughs) That's 2005 as well. Taking Care of the Me and Mommy. A Busy Mom's Guide to Prayer is another book. Lots of books. Mm -hmm. Now, this is what I think you're definitely not going to like. So going back to creative correction, Lisa will give advice on some unconventional methods of consequences and punishments to help guide children. I'm listening. One of the controversial disciplines that she recommended was putting hot sauce on kids' tongues as punishment. Is that punishment, though? (laughs) Not if you like hot sauce. Lisa Welcher will tell ABC's Good Morning America that hot saucing, as it is known, quote-unquote hot saucing, 
worked better than anything she'd ever tried before. Saying it does sting and that memory stays with them so the next time they may actually have some self-control and stop before they lie or bite or something like that. So creative ways to engage in corporal punishment. Okay. Hot saucing. Not, I promise the story not it. gets I, a little better. My joke there was glib. It, I, don't, don't do that to kids. Please don't do that to children. In addition to all of this, Lisa was also a successful Christian pop artist. Her album, All Because of You, reached number 17 on the Billboard Contemporary Christian Music Chart. I had no idea about any of this. This is like a really full career post Facts oh, yeah. of Life. Yeah, 100%. She was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Inspirational Performance. In 1990, Lisa welcomed her first child, a son. 1991 follows with a daughter. 1992, another daughter. One boy, two girls, all within two years. That's so much, right? In an interview, Welchel said that her faith was what got her through the busy and sometimes tough years. Faith has been the central focus of my life since I was 10 years old. She'll also tell OWN that throughout her marriage, she eventually, quote, this is heartbreaking. Throughout her marriage, she eventually, quote, had to shut her heart off more and more in order to stay, unquote. Sounds not great. Sounds not great. I had to shut my heart off more and more in order to stay. It's a really identifiable feeling. Before we talk about Lisa's divorce, I want to add in this fun thing here. Stories full of surprises. A lot of folks don't know that Lisa was asked to audition for a role on Friends in 1993. Which role do you think it was? Jennifer Aniston's role? Yeah. Was it? Okay. Rachel, yeah. Rachel, there we go. Can you imagine Lisa Welchel being Rachel on Friends? Like Jennifer Aniston's so... No, all of all of those roles are so iconic, though. It's difficult to imagine. Lisa remembers reading the script and telling her husband, this is the funniest script I have ever read, and this is going to be a huge hit. But Lisa, although she thinks the script is really funny, she realizes the role would include many sexually related scenes and innuendos, sure. and she felt that the promiscuity of the characters wasn't really consistent with her Christian faith and turns down that opportunity. She was obviously right about the success of Friends. Oh, yeah. And she has no regrets about turning down the chance to be on the show. However, (laughs) one of her kids, Lisa says, I don't regret not taking that opportunity. My kids, on the other hand, I remember my daughter once said, are you telling me that Brad Pitt could have been my father? (laughs) So let's move our story along to 2012 and talk about after 24 years of marriage, Lisa Welchel gets divorced. She has been really tight-lipped about the exact reasons for her divorce, but since the marriage started on some pretty questionable grounds, it isn't a complete surprise that she didn't want to stay married any longer. She was almost in an arranged marriage. I mean, it's not that different. She'll tell OWN they had only divorced because something quote-unquote drastic happened in the marriage. She'll say, I certainly believed with all my heart that we would be married forever, and it would have taken something pretty drastic to divorce. 
Lisa will go on to reveal that trouble in the marriage began brewing all the way back in 2007. The couple goes to counseling, and that didn't fix the problems. So in December 2011, Welchel decided she needed to file for divorce. And even though her own marriage ended, she said that her faith in marriage has never wavered, telling People magazine, Of course I still believe in marriage. I never thought divorce would happen to me. But Steve is still my best friend. We just couldn't be married. Because of her strong Christian faith and stance on marriage, many folks speculated that perhaps it had to be Cobble's sexual orientation that caused the split. But some rumors had also started that Welchel's personality was too strong for her pastor husband. In response to all of these guessing games, Lisa said, People can say whatever they want to say, but what happened in our family is between God and us. I really respect that, like not wanting, again, this is your kid's father, you know, not wanting to slander him in public or whatever. I I respect that. That's exactly true. And here's sort of what I find fascinating about the life journey and transformation of Lisa Welchel, right? She's made a lot of decisions standing in the ground of her faith and what she constructs that faith to be. So this is where our story takes a little bit different of a shift. Let's talk about Survivor Philippines. Your eyes are wide open. You had no idea about all of this. Not a clue. She was on a season of Survivor. Okay. Lisa Welchel was soon in a situation that Blair Warner would have never, ever, ever tolerated, not for one minute. Lisa is a castaway on the reality show Survivor, leaving to film Survivor just nine days after her divorce was finalized. Hmm. She says, the divorce was final on March 1st, and I went out to be on Survivor on March the 10th. Wanted to change things up a bit. Going out to Survivor was helpful for me Mm -hmm. to divert my attention and not just dwell on the loss. It was painful to realize that it wasn't going to work out. So the ordeal of competing on a grueling reality show is enough just under any circumstances, but... Having just ended your 24-year marriage days earlier, sure. Survivor adds a whole other level for our dear Lisa. She was known as one of the most emotional contestants on the season of Survivor. She probably had a lot to get out after being but, <laughs> bit bottled up for a quarter century. But she shared with People Magazine a coping mechanism she developed that helped her. She says, I tried not to think about my loved ones at home except to pray for them. On a special episode, Lisa was visited by her younger brother, and he shared, his name is Justin, he shared that he had not been prepared for the state that he found her in. Justin says, I came running out to give her the biggest hug of her life. I wasn't prepared to see her at that level of desperation. It was immediately obvious she had hit rock bottom. She broke down in my arms and was sobbing so hard, and it was hard for me not to cry. I wasn't expecting her to be at the end of her rope. She is a Survivor super fan, and so I imagined her enjoying the game and having a blast. 
Justin will reveal that he'd always looked up to Lisa as a role model and inspiration, and he got really scared to see her so broken. Quote, I almost didn't recognize her. She looked absolutely ragged, physically and emotionally torn up. I was imagining a big smile on her face since she was so deep into the game and doing so well, but she started crying so hard I was legitimately concerned for her. Lisa was on Survivor for 39 days and tied for second place. Good for her. There were times that she thought she wouldn't make it, but those 39 days proved how tough she really was. She said about this experience, quote, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, that's for sure. Certainly physically it's hard. It rained for 17 straight days in the beginning, and you're hungry and you're tired and you've got bugs, but that was the easiest part. It was the emotional part and the mental part that just ripped me up from the inside out. I felt like I was drawn and quartered and pulled in so many directions. This experience for her is so challenging and so exhausting. It will take her about a year to process and appreciate how much it impacted her. She'll say that pushing herself so far out of her comfort zone was empowering and gave her the chance to explore parts of herself that she had been unable to before. Right. No, it sounds potentially like a an excellent way to use your immediate post-divorce. Again, not... To work not, out some things. Not stewing, <laughs> being challenged in new ways. I mean, I understand the survivor experience is pretty grueling, but uh, good for her. So she unpacks it this way. She'll say, Survivor helped me welcome all parts of myself. Up until that point, I'd really been focused on trying to be good and kind and make all the right choices and have all the people like me and be a good reflection of Jesus. I really spent a lot of energy focusing on those parts of myself and exiling the other parts of myself that are human, but parts that I've judged. I think I was so attracted to Survivor because it gave me permission within the context of the game to actually let some of those other parts out. The parts that were selfish and would betray or lie in order to win a million dollars. Just be able to let out some of those quote-unquote negative aspects of myself, which I now realize are just the human aspects that are within all of us. Mm -hmm. So being able to accept all of myself and not just part of myself was the real transformational gift that Survivor gave me. That's really interesting. Lisa said that when she returned from Survivor, she had to see a therapist for a while to deal with some feelings of post-traumatic stress disorder, especially when her season actually aired. All in all, Lisa said Survivor helped her realize, quote, there was a huge part of her that was desperate to live more fully alive and that her darkness is as beautiful as her light. Very interesting. Good for her. The story really does. Yeah, that's a journey. Uh, blossom into a lot of different layers. Mm -hmm. When she gets home, Lisa will spend a lot of time in self-reflection, exploration. She'll call the year after Survivor her interior journey. That is quote unquote. Like that's what yeah, she yeah. refers to it as. She'll travel to India twice with Rescue Freedom International, 
an organization committed to ending sex slavery for women and children. Lisa will then participate in a 30-day silent retreat at a Jesuit monastery. She will participate in four ayahuasca ceremonies. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, four wow. ayahuasca ceremonies with a shaman in Peru. Mm-hmm. Just just doing the psychedelics, all right. Transformative yeah. journey. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. The things I thought about how my faith actually worked, unf- there's so many more layers mm-hmm. Different than Eddie Long. We're not, we're not doing it in bad ways. We're yeah. really She really does go on a journey mm-hmm. of enlightenment. Yeah, four ayahuasca ceremonies. Yeah, the, the ayahuasca ceremonies are supposed to be super transformative uh, if you can get yourself to Peru. But anyway. Lisa will also walk 500 miles across Spain. Nice. That pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lisa will then go on and train and become a certified coactive life coach. And was also trained to use the Enneagram system. Okay. Lisa said being a life coach is, quote, the most creative thing I've ever done. Unquote. Sorry. Should end that there. Okay. Now is a great time for a quick break before we come back to close out this story with my very, very, very favorite part of this story. More well, than ayahuasca ceremonies? A little bit. Yeah. There's This just has a slight edge. I love it so much. We'll be back in just a moment, friends. All right. So, Alicia, what is better than four ayahuasca ceremonies on the path to self-discovery? Well, first, let's talk about Lisa's remarriage. Oh. She really does go through a transformative experience. In 2019, Lisa married for the second time at the age of 56. Her new husband is a psychologist. His name is Pete Harris. And the couple frequently post romantic pictures and messages about each other on social media. Big mazel for y'all. Now, Pete and Lisa were legally married in December 2019 and had planned to have a big March 2020 wedding. Da, Mm -hmm. da, da. What happened? Yeah, COVID happened. So their new wedding slash reception plan is set for this month right now, July 2023. Wow, that's a delay. Hey, congratulations to them. Yeah, big mazel. And we'll have a little bit of a survivor theme. Lisa tells Yahoo Entertainment. We're renting a big Airbnb in Central California with just family, and we're having a game tournament. We are a very competitive family. We love games. So we're having three days of about a dozen different games and a survivor kind of obstacle course games as well with a championship. Then we'll fit a celebration in there somewhere. Okay, best part of the story. For all my grandmas out there, Lisa is also a proud grandmother. Her kids have grown up. They've had children all on their own. And I know we have some grandmas who are Trashy Divorces listeners. And getting your grandma name is kind of a big deal. Maybe your Mima, maybe your Gigi, maybe your Grammy, mm-hmm. maybe your Grandmama. I don't know. I've never heard this particular grandma name before, and I think it's my utter favorite. All right, let's hear it. Lisa's grandkids call her Coco Mama. Coco Mama. Coco Mama. Okay. But for Lisa, it will be many, many years later before her grandchildren learn where Coco Mama comes from. Are you ready for this story? I am now. Tell me. Lisa has told this story many times, including on Kelly Clarkson's talk show. Lisa explains that she took her adult children and their significant others on a trip across Europe. And while in Amsterdam, 
the group was staying at a hostel called Coco Mama. Okay. Also, while in Amsterdam, Lisa perhaps overindulged on cannabis in a coffee shop. This is just not the story I was expecting when you told me earlier, like, she's had this wonderful faith journey through her Christianity, and all right, let's go. Okay, so Lisa tells Yahoo Entertainment, we went to this coffee shop, which I didn't know that coffee shops weren't really coffee shops in Amsterdam. We decided, okay, sure, we'll do that. We'll have some. Yeah, well, coffee's good. Oh, wait. Yeah, okay, this other thing, we'll try that too. When in Amsterdam, we ended up having some space cake because I tried to smoke a joint and I just coughed up a lung. The owner of the cafe said, just eat a little bit. But of course, my daughter and I, we were all adults, it should be noted, said, well, I don't feel anything. I want some more. We did the newbie mistake. Indeed. She explained that everyone in the group became paranoid, except for one of her daughter's boyfriends, who was able to, quote-unquote, keep it together. And Lisa said that she kept saying, if you can just get us back to Coco Mama, just get us back to Coco Mama. So a week later, her daughter and the boyfriend got engaged in Paris. And Lisa told the boyfriend, well, you don't have to call me mom, but... I don't want you calling me Mrs. Cobble anymore, so think of a name. So he decided to call me Coco Mama to commemorate (laughs) our wonderful and horrible experience together. Wow. And so the name stuck, and now her grandchildren call her Coco Mama. Sure. And I love that as a Gigi name. That is so amazing. That's the best grandma name I've ever heard. God, how many stories are there of people who overindulged in Amsterdam without being prepared and just had this, like, it was amazing and terrible. We gotta get back to Coco Mama. <laughs> I think that might be my favorite part of the story. This really is quite a journey, isn't mm-hmm. it? All right, let's finish it up here. Lisa, right now, is currently hosting a show on MeTV called Collector's Call. It's in its fourth season And it's kind of got a similar format to one of my favorite programs, Antique Roadshow. Collectors will bring their treasures to be appraised by an expert. And the audience hears the stories behind all the treasures. The thing about Collectors Call that's a little bit different, it's a little bit of a twist. The collectors with their treasures are often to trade in the beloved item for something brand new. So maybe it's a creepy possessed doll. It's very valuable, but you don't want that in your house. Sure. Then the treasurer has to decide. Anyway, although Lisa Welchel had decided she didn't want to be in show business anymore, she says that the idea of collector's call really appealed to her. I really love this idea, she said. I'd just become a life coach when the network pitched the show, so I was deep into exploring what gives us passion and purpose. And one thing collectors have is passion and purpose. That's true. All right. Got one more little block of this story. To sum up a little bit, Lisa's new view on Christianity, judgment, and messiness. I was hoping you were going to say hot sauce, but okay. (laughs) Still a vocal Christian who credits her faith for getting her through all the tough times. Lisa has grown and softened a lot in her view on Christianity and the ways she used to look at herself and others in life in general. Mm -hmm. Lisa says, I personally have so much more understanding and empathy now. 
You don't know what people are facing in their lives. So it's important to love and not judge them. That's the whole Christian message that we fail and forgiveness can happen. It's a sad commentary of many Christians that we shoot are wounded. So I've learned how important it is to be more encouraging and understanding no matter what people are going through. Lisa will go visit her friend Natalie from the Facts of Life, Mindy Cohn. Mm -hmm. Mindy Cohn has a podcast, Mondays with Mindy. Lisa goes on that and talks about how she's grown and evolved a great deal, saying, Faith is still at the very core of my life, but it is so much more expansive now. I'm able to realize that the structure of the church that had helped me before was confining and small. The walls that kept me safe also kept the rest of the world out, and that was from fear. Mm -hmm. When love became bigger than fear, the walls came down and I was able to experience a huge world of unique people that weren't so scary just because they were different and I could learn from them as well. Whew, that is beautiful. Isn't that something? The walls that kept me safe also kept the rest of the world out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, Lisa said that her survivor experience did play an enormous part in the shift of her mindset. Quote, I don't think we can accept the humanity in all parts of other people until we can accept it in ourselves. I think we are prone to judge, but we're judging in other people what we first judged in ourselves. I wouldn't be a good life coach if I judged other people in their process and in our messiness and when we're going through transition. We're all just finding our way. I think I can directly thank Survivor for how it undid me in ways that really needed to be undone so I could accept all my messiness and then be able to accept humanity in everyone. Well, you didn't tell me this was going to go deep. <laughs> it's definitely the antidote of the Eddie Long faith journey story. 100%. No, this is gorgeous. So Lisa Welchel, her new, more flexible and accepting thinking, apparently mm -hmm. agrees with her. She appeared in live in front of a studio audience, the Facts of Life special, in December 2021. She was dressed as Blair Warner on the set of the Facts of Life. She looked great. She's in her East Lake school girls uniform. She sings the theme song. <laughs> it really is hard to believe how much in that, because I watched it again this morning, how much Lisa Welchel looked like she had 40 years earlier. And it wasn't just her ageless appearance that delighted fans, but she walked through the set singing the catchy words of the Facts of Life theme song. Took me back in time, mm -hmm. a whole generation. There's the transformative journey of Lisa Welchel. Way more than just Blair Warner. That is just wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, that really is a nice antidote to the sort of hypocrisy and shenanigans. Any About other that. story? That's a lovely journey. Lovely journey. Mm -hmm. Lovely journey. I do. Like, if I could ask her kids, though, like, if I could sit down with her kids, I would be like, let's talk hot sauce. What's your favorite? <laughs> As a huge hot sauce fan myself. Yeah, I don't know if that... There are a lot of kids who like a lot of hot. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of kids who don't, but not recommended. No, necessarily I just mean, I just mean now that they're now that they're adults, like, you know, 
You probably got a lot of samples as a kid. What's your favorite? Coco Mama. Yeah. To me is the very best part of that story. Mm-hmm. So does she get trash cans, Alicia? I don't know. If she does, they're all uh, overseen by a shaman on by ayahuasca, a, by probably. A, by a Peruvian shaman. I like that. Or perhaps overseen by Mrs. Garrett. Always Mrs. Garrett. I trust Mrs. Garrett with my life. Same. Maybe George Clooney, too. Big decisions there. <laughs> Hey, friends, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this exciting episode of Trashy Divorces. Stacy, you're going to be back with us this weekend with a brand new tale of marital misadventure. Oh, yeah. Until then, friends, you can always find more Trash Candy over at patreon.com slash Trashy Divorces. And don't forget, if you're looking for a little bit of our creativity brand over here, we got Trashy Royals. And done and done too, just yep. free on your podcast players. Yeah, just search your podcast app, Trashy Royals, and done and done. Thanks again, friends. Until we see you this weekend, Alicia, what do we what do we always want the trash pandas to do? Find a Peruvian shaman. Oh my God. Okay. And keep your hands clean. <laughs> keep your hearts trashy, friends. Big love, everybody. Have a great rest of the week. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at TrashyDivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear want to advertise with us reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information and last but not least come play with us on social media i keep most of our trashy divorces instagram hopping stacy and i share it up over on facebook including our trashy divorces podcast discussion group come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening keep it trashy y'all